Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Thomas Podcast here today. Today, we're back. It's the first time since Christmas. We're back. I'm joined with John, birthday cook. How you doing? Word. You know, how are you? It's been six months. I mean, it hasn't, has it? Well, five and a bit months, four and a bit I mean, months. I mean, I mean, it hasn't, has it? Four and a bit months. It's been ten years. I mean, since we've done a proper podcast. It's been literally six weeks. Since we've done a proper podcast. The rest of the ones aren't podcasts. They're reviews, they're videos. They're not podcasts. Well, no, they're, pre- they're previews. We did a WrestleMania preview. That is not a review. But yeah, they're, they're, they're not podcasts. This anyway, is the when, first... When, 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 when's, the, uh, when's the twin dilemma dropping? Oh, God. It, it'll come out. It'll come out. I need to, like, I need to like heavily edit it because of how out of date it is. So like, I'm, like, going through and trimming stuff. So it's going to be, like, 30 minutes long. It's just going to be the review because, like, the rest of it is us talking about new Doctor Who news that was relevant in November. Therefore, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I wasn't aware we'd been sort of that... Uh... I wasn't aware we'd been that contemporary. Yeah, a lot sitting there talking about Boris Johnson as prime minister, and yeah, we were talking a lot about like oh, the second. Millie Gibson was just announced, and all this sort of stuff, and then we just got on a tangent of things that are now incredibly wrong. Uh, with... Well, I, I, I think that um, I don't remember saying anything incredibly wrong when Millie Gibson was announced. No, no, just incorrect about the uh, like oh, the might, future might, of the might, show. Might, might have thought a few incredibly wrong things. I don't think I said any. I don't, I didn't mean it within that context. But, uh, right. Um, you know, I just meant we got we got we literally like less than half my age. Yeah. Well, well, especially as well. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, recording <laughs> on the birthday. John never stops on the grind. Um, of course, if you're new to the show, today we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you're watching on YouTube, you can clearly see uh, John's background, which indicates yeah. that. If you're and listening I, I on mean, YouTube... you know, Obviously, our, our viewers and listeners are highly intelligent people, so they don't need us to tell them this. But uh, if you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and uh, do not wish to have the film spoiled, um, maybe don't sit and listen to a review of it before you see it yeah this is this is going to be full spoilers full 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 on so yeah and and use of bad language L- yeah lots of it so um and you know maybe some words you know maybe you know there's a frequent word we say on the show that isn't used in the movie that might be used in the show I mean, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll be using even worse language than they use in the film yeah, yeah, that 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 tends to happen on on the show. It's, it's just it's pure filth, um, you know. So it's uh, it's it's uh it's cunt. He's referring to the word cunt. I'm indeed yes. Um, it's now been said, so I guess I guess we can move. We've got that 18 rating slapped in. Um, not necessarily. No, oh yeah, no, it's the context. Not, necessarily, it? not, 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 not necessarily. Um. I've not said I I've not said it aggressively, um, you know, and you had to look at the context of my use of the word, and I would say that the context of my use of the word was uh, inform both informative, and to act as a warning. Yes, you so, know, I, 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 it was so. Yeah, 
Therefore, we're, we're on the balancing beam of a 15. Um, yeah, we, yeah we're, we're, we're currently within the 15 age bracket. Sweet. Um, well, I think we just we should just jump into the film, mate, to be honest. I think there's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, actually, mm. with this one. If you guys don't know already, me and Jen have reviewed the other two Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movies. So if you want to go check those podcasts out, uh, see us a bit younger, uh, a bit, you know, a bit more full of life, go back on the channel. That Both of them on there. Both of them on the audio platforms. So uh, if you do want to listen to us, Nataron. And if you want to hear the review of the Guardian special, I lumped that with Black Panther. So that is on the channel as well. Um, so yeah, let's just um those are all your Guardians pre pre stuff before we get into this. You want to know our thoughts and feelings? Uh Joe, I'm not gonna let you do your regular breakdown of this because this film's a bit all over the shop, um, in terms of plot and what's going on, and there's so many things happening at once. I think it's just best if we jump into it, but I'll give a brief synopsis, essentially, in this film. This is your last chance for spoilers, by the way, before I just go full ham, so if you didn't, you're done now. Uh, in this film... If you get past us waffling earlier, you know, bleep, 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 there will be spoilers from this point, Um, so don't come fucking moaning to us, like, hey, you spilt the film for me, Um, because you have been repeatedly warned. And you're a bit of a fucking idiot if you're listening to a, a review of a film before you've seen it and you don't want to be spoiled anyway. Yeah. Um, so in this film, um film starts out and the Guardians are sort of doing their own thing on nowhere when suddenly Adam Warlock attacks and harms Groot, uh, not Groot, Rocket, sorry. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the team can't fix him with med packs because there is a, a, a lock within his health system. And that means that the team have to go on a trip to try and discover where uh, Rocket came from, find out how to fix him, how to save his life. And essentially, it's a race against time uh, uh, and a race against some villains that we know as well and some familiar faces pop up without the way. And, of course, our main villain is the High Evolutionary, played by uh, Chuck Udiawiji, uh, who is fantastic in this movie as well. He is superb. Uh, and that's kind of the plot, really, isn't it, John? It's just basic, basically it's to save Rocket's life. It's the basic bare bones of the movie. Is is the team trying to save Rocket's life? Yeah, I mean, essentially that is it. There's a lot more to it than that, kind of thematically. I think the only other thing to add really is that we also get um, we also get Rocket's backstory as part of this film. So yeah. there are repeated flashbacks to how Rocket. Ended up with the biological chip inside him, what he was before he was a guardian, etc. Um, yep. You know, as I say, there's a significant amount of uh, Rocket's backstory in there, which, um, you know, which which is quite key to the plot. Well, what do you want to tackle first? Should I tackle characters, plot? Um, where, 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 where do you want to dive in on this one, John? I mean, it's your podcast. Yeah, I, I was just, I was just, I was just giving the offer. Up. I, th- I think, I think I'll start with an overall thoughts on this one, John. Before we get into the, I think this film is bloody fantastic. I think it's really, really good. It might be my favorite one of the three. And you, we're both quite high on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and and the first one. We we, we love them both, but specifically Volume Two. I know me and you quite enjoy as the upper upper echelon of the MCU. This is up there for me. I don't know. It might be on the same level as Volume Two, but this is up there, man. I like genuinely the emotions I felt whilst watching this film. You know, the the laugh, the joy, the sadness. It all got me, man. I don't. I don't know about you, but I think this this film knocked it out of the park. Yeah, um, I make 
no secret of the fact that Guardians is my favourite strand of the MCU. Um, you know, it, it's it's which is ironic because it's it's the one part of the MCU that I knew absolutely nothing about before they started making these films. You know, I, I had no knowledge of the Guardians in the comic books or anything like that. So it, yeah, it it's it's my favourite strand of the MCU. Um, I absolutely adore the first two films and you know i'll be honest i i completely adored this um there's a bit of a shift in tone i think it's a darker film than the previous two had been it covers some more serious issues um there are points at which it's bloody bleak um because you know because we know that it's the end of the trilogy there's like i think any kind of threat is increased yeah. Um, you know, because actually this is <clears throat> you know, I was kind of sat there thinking like we could genuinely lose beloved characters in horrible ways in this film. And you know, there's a couple of points where <clears throat> they tease that quite you know, they play on that and you know, they they make us fear the characters that we care about. Um I think it's still got what you know what we come to expect from the guardians in terms of those themes of what it is to be a misfit and not to belong somewhere what it is to be an outsider the importance of togetherness the importance of family and family being actually anything family not necessarily relating to blood but sometimes being where you find yourself where you find your people um this also leans quite heavily into themes around eugenics and vivisection which is even you know not even just for guardians but for a for an mcu film for a 12a it's it's dark there are some very nasty things that have gone on in the past and you know, we really kind of gut-wrenching to the point where you really want this situation to be resolved. You really want the bad guys to get their comeuppance because of what they've done. Um, and, but obviously, in addition to that, you've still got the, the sort of standard Guardian's humour. You've got the wonderful little jokes in there that lighten the touch at various points you know there, there's there's just something very funny about a woman telepathically convincing a massive guard that he's in love with a guy like like a seven foot warrior in his pants it, it's it's it, it delivered everything that it promised and then more on top of that you know I'm, I'm a i'm a very very big fan of this film yeah i think yeah, i think you hit the nail on the head there with a lot of stuff i think it right let's tackle it from backstory first i think because that obviously helps the driving force of the stuff in the present i think that's the way to go forward here and unfortunately the saddest part of the movie but we're going to tackle it first and get through it so, of course, throughout this movie, there were a lot of flashbacks to Rocket 
uh, essentially being fucking tortured uh, and how he came to be. Uh, and essentially throughout a, a jump through of flashbacks, we at the start, it's just about Rocket and we just seem kind of getting just dissected and chopped and changed around. You get chucked in a cell and suddenly we meet, we meet some people, I say people, some new animals. Uh, we meet a rabbit who will go on eventually to be called Floor. We meet a walrus who, I think it's a walrus, isn't it? Um, yes. Yes, uh, a walrus who is uh, called Teefs. And of course, everyone was looking for this. We meet Lila, of course, from the comic books. Everyone was kind of waiting for this one. Of course, I had a romantic uh, kind of connection to Rocket in the comic books. Obviously, Rocket's backstory is slightly different in the comic books and the way they went in this film. But um, yeah, um, and those kind of four people, or four characters, sorry, are kind of our connection in these flashbacks they're kind of our group the people that we like in this uh we just see them connect as buds um throughout um and unfortunately most of the flashbacks are interrupted um in in time by the high evolutionary sending rocket out to go do some science stuff um and at one point in the movie high evolutionary is showing rocket one of his experiments that's going wrong and rocket without being taught it knows how to fix the issue and that surprises the high evolutionary. And unfortunately, it's not a good thing. Um, essentially, it kind of spouts his downfall um, for Rocket because now he wants to use Rocket for higher purposes and take his brain out and try and figure out how that happened. Um, but yeah, what do you make of Floor, Teeth, uh, and and Lila, the otter? What? Yeah, I mean, I... I can understand why they're there. I think they serve the purpose very well. Um, at the same time, you know, you're watching the whole thing and it's quite obvious what's going to happen with them because you know the rocket yeah. doesn't live very... Because it's a flashback, you know the rocket doesn't live very, very happily ever after with these characters because you know that he finds himself as a guardian and, you know, that he was pretty much alone when he, when he, when he uh, found himself in that position. Um, but no, I, I think there were nice scenes. I think they kind of, they built up the bond quite nicely and made you sort of understand why he would be um, connected to them. Yeah. Um, but I think at the same time, there was always this thing in the back of my mind, but it's like, well, these characters aren't going to be around for very long. Yeah. Um. And it's all, I was just buzzing to see Asim Chowdhury in an MCU film, of, of course, of Chibadi G fame here in the UK, uh, voicing Teeds. Um, yeah, I think one of those things is, I, I I did agree with you. I thought, yeah, they're not going to be around very long. But the film kind of not, not tricked me, but I was so engrossed in their sort of friendship that I was still sort of shocked. I, haven't, yeah. I was like, oh. Um, when, when eventually we do see Lila get shot, um, in in a horrendous moment where she's literally about to say it is good it is good to have friend I get shot by the high evolutionary um, and then of course unfortunately um, Thor and Teed as well get caught in the in the in the crossfire um, so Rocket decides to uh, scratch a man's eyes out um, very brutally but we'll get to that later on um, but yeah overall just a really 
really good use of the flashbacks. I think they really aided the film as well because at points it feels like you're you're seeing what Rocket is thinking about. It kind of goes away from that a little bit in the second half, but especially the first half of the film. It certainly feels like there is a synergy. You are watching what Rocket is thinking whilst he's in this, you know, m- moment of bad health. Yeah. Um, I, I I think our next point to talk about is I think we should just go to uh, High Evolutionary, um, who is fantastically played by Chuck Woody Woody, who is is great. Obviously, he was in Doctor Who for a bit. That's where I know him from. He was in Doctor Who, he was in Peacemaker. He's been around a bit. Just. Fantastic, right? Possibly the best villain of the trilogy. Possibly, I'm thinking it is. Does he beat Kurt Russell? I think he does beat Kurt Russell. Yeah, I yeah, I I would say so. I I think I mean it's a less obviously it's a less prominent role. Yeah. Um, in this film than Kurt Russell's was in the second film, but I I think that. The nature of what's going on, the you know, the fact that this guy is an animal cester, that he is a eugenicist, that he he is kind of effectively trying to, you know, he ticks a lot of nasty boxes. Yeah, I think I think as soon as you start, you know, testing animals, you're already in good stead to be one of the biggest dickheads in, in the universe, you know. Um yeah. I think that I think that's a, I think that's just up there. But no, I think his performance is brilliant as well. I mean especially when you consider that he's um acting off Sean Gunn in a green suit for most of, of most of the movie. Um he's doing a very good job. Like the scene with him laughing as Rocket's crying uh after he just shot Lila sticks in my head. I mean that's a phenomenal performance. Yeah. Um. I also remember as well at the end of the movie where Rocket uh, tried to save the other raccoons. Um. And he's there as well. He's fantastic. He's just he has this really good presence because obviously in the flashbacks at the start he's kind of calm and controlled, and then suddenly it all kind of goes a bit pear shaped. So uh yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I think should we go to our guardians for a bit? Should we have a little chat about about yeah, our crew? Yeah, of um, you know, obviously, Peter Quill, he's sort of here in this movie. His arc is sort of the Gamora thing leading on for Avengers Endgame. I think that's kind of where he's his thing is placed. I think Chris Pratt's always brilliant in these movies, right? I think he's always very good as, as Star Lord. Um, don't get to see him wear the mask this time or the boots, so well, that's one thing that we don't see this time around. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's a very uh. I think it's a very strong performance. Um, you know, let let's not forget here that you know the Peter Quill that we are watching here is a you know it is essentially somebody who's clinically depressed. Yeah. You know he he's he's lost the love of his life. Um, and he just doesn't know what to believe it anymore. He's he, you know, by the, by the look on the, from the outside, he's traveling around with his buddies and gets to travel the galaxy and it's all brilliant but he's he's dying inside yeah i think i think chris pratt shows that very well i think it's because he's a very obviously he's our comedic lead really when drax comes in every now and then and says a says a joke and 
but like Chris, obviously Chris Pratt being the lead of the movie has to do the jokes and the series. And one thing I will say is his performance is so good. When we think we have lost Rocket on the bed and it's like it's failing and you just see him basically act with his mouth more than anything else, which it sounds weird. When you watch the movie, you understand if you haven't seen it and you're still listening for some reason. Um, and you just see, just let out this roar of pain as you think he's lost his, his buddy. Um, and they really do build up the relationship actually between Quill and Rocket in this. And they're like, oh no, we are best buds. Because obviously we don't really see them interact a lot, but they do have similar minds. And they obviously we saw in Guardians 2, they sort of have that, although they compete, they are very similar in that aspect. So it does work very well. Um, I'll, I'll, say, I'll save Gamora for last because she's kind of the most interesting and kind of different from where we last saw. Um, obviously Groot's pretty much the same. He's now Swole Groot though. He's he's very big, which is quite fun. Um, allows Vin Diesel to have a different pitch to his voice. Yeah, um, yeah, he's all right. He's just chilling. He's group. We love it. Uh, Drax has a lot more in this movie actually than I was anticipating him to do. I I I I've always loved the interaction between Drax and Mantis. I I I think the way that. The, the actors bounce off of each other. I think he's absolutely, you know, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and so it's good that they get to go and do their little sort of side quests together in this. Um, and yeah, Tra- I mean, Drax is just superb. You know, D- Dave, Dave Batista's just, just, just amazing in that role. Yeah. Uh, very funny. There's uh, a really good stuff. Some really good stuff at the end of the like the middle of the second act towards the end of the third act with the kids. Really kind of brings his story full circle. After we've, obviously, never forget he lost his daughter before we met him at the start of the uh, at the start of the series. Uh, Nebula again. Well, she had a lot to do with Avengers Endgame, so she sort of does take a small backseat here. But James Gunn's very good at balancing the table and giving each character a moment or a a small arc in this one, but she doesn't have as much to do as maybe the other two Guardians films, but that's because she had a lot to do with the Avengers Endgame arc, and that was sort of a big moment for her, so it's okay, it takes a back seat. Um, Fraglin's here, like, with his arrow, he's just chilling, he's vibing. Same kind of thing with Mantis, Mantis again, like you said, similar kind of the back and forth with Drax, yeah. that's, that's kind of the role they found her to do. Um, I think we get a fair bit of development from Craglin, though. Yeah. yeah. In terms of, you know, from where he is at the start of the film to to where we are at the end. Yeah. You know, it, it's, and, you know, there's a, and there's a lovely little, there's a lovely little scene towards the end where he has a, a, a um, where he has a visit, a vision of Yondi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which gives him sort of the confidence to actually believe in himself and use his powers. Use your heart, boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, of course, we have Cosmo the Space Dog who joins us for this this adventure. Um, and yeah, she's great. Um, you know, really I, cool stuff. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Who doesn't love yeah, a space you're, dog? You're a, you're a good dog. Yeah, who doesn't love a space dog with bad dog? Who would take that back? Yeah. Um and of course Gamora in this film, who has become a Ravenger now. She's part of the Ravengers, which means that we do get a little cameo from Sylvester Stallone at one point. Um yeah, she's okay. I think the issue is with Gamora at this point is that we knew that 
I think because we've spent two or well, three movies with the original one and essentially one and a bit with this one, it's sort of, I don't know, I thought that was the only part of the film that didn't work for me was the Gamora, because the Gamora stuff for me a little bit. I felt that that was the only bit that I kind of was like, oh, okay. I'll be honest, it did work for me. It did work for me because it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of this thing where obviously Star-Lord's got all of this baggage and she's completely unaware of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's and quite rightly, she kind of says to him, look, I'm not that person. I'm a different version of that person and I need to be myself. I need to be, I can't be tied down by what your Gamora was or who she was. Yeah. So I, 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 so yeah, I, I thought that there were some very clever sort of dynamics in there for that. Um. So yeah, it, it did, it did work for me actually. Oh, fair enough. Um. Yeah. No. It, it, I don't. I just felt like that they, they did a lot of the uh, old. Oh no, she doesn't like being with the guardians, but secretly she does. Next thing, oh no, she doesn't like being with the Secretly she does. It's like, okay. Well, um. But yeah, now apart from that, yeah, she still, still ends up going off with the rav- ravages in the end. Yeah, she does, but you she know, does so, say so it's quite a nice little, you know, it's quite a nice little tease in there. I feel. Yeah, um, and then and then she goes. I bet we would have been. I bet we were fun. Yeah. Oh, it's very nice. All right, let's talk about our new characters. So we got Adam Warlock in this movie, played by the fabulous Will Poulter, who, uh, yeah, he's essentially. What he is in the comic books, just a man that can kick a lot of ass. It's a massive gold bastard. Massive gold bastard. I think he's brilliant. Oh, yeah, I'll save here. Yeah, he's brilliant. Very, very, um, very nicely done. Yeah, I think very nicely done. Really, yeah, really good to, uh, kind of villain to the um, villain to the Guardians. Has a really nice arc in the film, although it's quick. Obviously, cause he doesn't appear too much within it. He sort of takes a break midway through the film. His arc with his mother Aisha from from the first from the second film, sorry, is very good and very well used. I thought, um, and the fact that he comes to the rescue in the end, I think I think that's important. Yeah, with Blurp, I think it's called Blurp, his little furry animal creature friend. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool. His powers are cool. That action sequence on Nowhere at the start of the film is great oh, yeah. with him. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I think it's uh, Oval, Oglecorp, that we did that segment of a film where um, we go and we have to retrieve a key. Um, yeah. Really cool design. Really cool design. Nice set piece. Everything you- looks funky. Yeah, a really nice cameo from Nathan Fillion, actually. Yeah. Um, in 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 this section of the film, uh, especially, you know, the, the interplay between him and Star Lord, where you know the, it's almost like he's leading his own evil troop of guardians, and and it's like you know yeah, there's always a there's always one guy, and, and it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very um, very cleverly done. Yeah, I've got that guy. This guy, love that guy. But this guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's he's brilliant. I love Nathan Fillion when he shows up. Um, obviously, as well, we, we meet Ura, who, of, of course, is played by, if you've seen The Suicide Squad, played by uh, 
Domela McCaw, who played Ratcatcher 2 in that film. So a nice little another James Gunn cameo there for us. And she's brilliant as well. Star-Lord kind of half seducing her, thinking, and everyone going, oh, no, she does, she isn't into you. Then she kind of revealed this to be slightly into him as well, to give him a little brownie point. Um, but no, just a really f- fun fight sequence. And like you say, because this is the end of the trilogy, everything, every kind of threat is heightened. So we see Drax kind of get doubly shot here. Uh, I thought that was him dead, to be honest. Yeah. I thought I thought he died. Yeah, he literally gets two two bazookas, one in the chest and one in the back, and it's like he ain't walking away from that. But he does because he's he does. Drax. He's Drax. He's Drax. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, really cool. Uh, really, just a really good sequence. I think it's really fun. I think I think that's one thing James Gunn's really good at is he's very good at using the camera in his fight sequences to make the fight feel alive and more heightened than what it already is. Yeah, and I, I think especially when we get to the final act, there's a few cool moments within that that we can discuss action wise. Um, but yeah, should we talk about show a little chat about Counter Earth? Yeah, let's go for it. You know, obviously, what what do you make of it? What do you, what what did you make of all that that kind of idea and that concept? The people, well, the eighties suburbia. I liked it. I, I I I liked the fact that it didn't take them long to kind of scratch under the surface and see that something was clearly not right. Yeah, you know, I I I really like that. It, it, it's um. I think it was a nice. I think it was a nice section of the film. Yeah, I agree. I think it was really cool. I think it was a big moment for Quill. Uh, some really funny moments as well with Drax on the sofa, um, and uh, all that sort of stuff. And then we, this is where we get the first F bomb uh, in in the MCU. Wonderfully done as well as they're trying to get in the car because you because we don't hear them very often in in, in the or at all in the MCU. It that, that actually made me laugh. I was like, what? Yeah, um, quite naughty. Yes. Um, uh, I, and then I was not expecting it. Yes. Um, like you know, I think it just overall really a really fun moment for the film. Then obviously we get into our final act where uh, the, the the our guardians I say our guardians Groot and Groot and Peter go up to meet the high evolutionary, um, and uh, he gives his old villain speech about oh he wanted to make the world a perfect place and you know this sort of stuff and Peter's having none of it. We get Groot who can grow eight arms and have six guns and shit like that. It's really cool. Um, they finally manage to get the thing they need, the encryption key, and uh, it doesn't work. It, or at least it doesn't appear to at first. Um, heartbreaking, right? Like you, it genuinely tricks you to think they've not done it after yeah. this hour and a half, or hour and three quarters, or whatever. How far into the movie? Uh, in the movie, you genuinely get tricked, and you're like, "There's no way. There's no way." Like we've just been. This is what the whole movie's been about, right? Um, yeah. and you go it drags you in you go oh shit you're there in sort of disbelief because you're like there's no way that they failed and then we get this wonderful sequence which um, where it kind of Rocket appears to be in some kind of purgatory um, and he's just chilling and Lila appears to him and says don't worry we're okay we've seen the sky I hang out with my friends Rocket says, well, can I come and join you? 
And she goes, of course you can. He starts to walk, but she goes, but not yet. Um, and then they have a little moment about him not being a raccoon. He gets sent back to her. He's alive again. Woo. My heart at this point in the movie, man. I, I was, I was, I, I was, it was almost, it almost got me. Um, yeah, it's, um, that bit certainly puts you through the ringer. Yeah. Uh, and then we get this wonderful moment actually with Nebula where uh, they're on the comms and Rocket starts talking and she breaks down. And I, I was reminded of this after I watched the movie that obviously those two spent a lot five years together during the blip because they were the only two alive guardians. So there's obviously a connection between those two there that we've just not seen. Yeah. I think as well, um, didn't she get in Bucky's arm in the holiday special? Was it like the Christmas gift? Um, I think so, yes. Yes. Which is a, a very funny reference to Avengers Infinity War. Um, but yeah, I think now we can move on to our like final fight, which starts with a nice little hallway, hallway jet, you know, Wana, which is brilliant from James Gunn, possibly one of the coolest action sequences in the entire trilogy. That whole one shot of them down the hallway, uh, to played wonderfully to the Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn which has appeared in two major films in the past month. If you want to go see the Mario film as well, it was in there. Um, and then essentially our, our Guardian's plan is to save all of the higher life forms on the ship. So they're going to bring bring uh, the nowhere heads to the outskirts of the ship, save all the higher life forms and get out of there. But unfortunately, Rocket can't do it. He goes past the room where he used to grow up, sees all the lower life forms. And in a wonderful moment, grabs all of the raccoons and he is carrying every single one of them in what is the most triumphant moment in the trilogy. Well, what's also very nice about that is that the actual label at the top of the set of the cage says raccoon. Yeah. So he, and, and there's this moment of acceptance that, you know, in spite of the fact he spent three films saying he's not a raccoon. There's this moment of acceptance that he is, which I think I think is lovely. And that actually there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think I think that's nice. Um and unfortunately gets interrupted by that bastard the high evolutionary who um and so essentially Rocket starts the fight. Uh and the Guardians end it. They all kind of have one one punch or one jab at him. And it ends with Gohan literally ripping his face off, um, which is kind of funny actually because you realise that Peter Quill has been calling their whole interactions. We're going to go do a face off, and it ends literally with a face off. Yeah, um, it's a, a face off. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean that visual of just of his skull. Yeah, they did well to sneak that into a twelve A as well. Yeah, you know this is quite a. This is quite a heavy film for a 12. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a heavy film, but I thought the end of the High Evolutionary, I thought it worked, Sean. I don't know about you. I thought the I, way they defeated him. Oh, no, no, no. It's absolutely justified. It's absolutely justified. But I, I think that it, it's just noteworthy that of all of, of all of the strands of the MCU that you might expect to go darker you wouldn't have necessarily expected it to be Guardians. Yep, I can agree with that. And, you know, it, it, I mean, it does absolutely work, but it's, um, it just takes you by surprise a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. 
So now uh, the Guardians are on full full force of getting everyone onto the ship, animals and all. But unfortunately, as Peter's going, he drops the Zune, goes back to get the Zune, and, and unfortunately, it appears to be too late for him. He jumps into space, but he's stuck there. And he's blo- literally bloating up. And we're, uh, that again, John, at the moment, I was like, shit, 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 yeah, shit, that, shit. He's done. You know, he, he, he's done. And then out of nowhere comes Adam Warlock to recreate that painting, which I don't know what the painting's called, but it's a it's, it's a very famous painting with the two fingers touching uh, the, the gods. Um, really nice synergy. I don't know what it's called, but I know what I, in my head I know what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm 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 sure it is, but you know, pass for me. I I uh, my my knowledge of art extends about as far as uh, as 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 Van Gogh, Monet, and and the guy who did the Venetian stuff, Car- Caravaggio. Caravaggio. My my knowledge of art is even lesser than that. So, uh, so uh, yeah. And Adam Warlock yeah, all, saved all of the sort of religious paintings and stuff. I, I yeah, I have no interest in that. Adam Warlock saves Peter Quill and he ends it with, Did that look cool? Um and then we we were at the end of our film and the Guardian he, kind of, he kind of joins them for a group hug, doesn't he? Which, which sort of tentatively, yeah. which I like. Yeah, he's like, What do I do here? Like, Everybody gets a second chance. Yeah. I, I like that. And then at the end, we we cut to a scene where um the guardians are all a holes standing in a circle, which is a nice little callback to the to the first movie. Yeah. Um. And Peter um reveals that he's going to be leaving leaving the team. Yeah. He's off. Mantis is also, uh, leaving. And they appoint Rocket, the new leader, and Captain of the Guardians which, of the again, Galaxy. Again, is a very nice touch. And a nice little callback because there have been moments throughout the MCU up until here where Rocket has regarded himself as being the captain and leader of the Guardians. Yeah. You know, so, so that the, it's a it's a very nice little callback, and that made me happy. <laughs> yep, uh, that was a good moment, I thought. And um, then we find out that Nebula and Drax are going to stay on nowhere to help raise this new. You know, these new kids and this whole new animal colony they've got make sure that everyone's okay leaving Root and Rocket the only two members from the original lineup who stay within the Guardians of the Galaxy um, and then as we get a, like a little interchangeable cutting uh, the, the team dance one more time to Florence and the Machines dog days are over um Fate of Black. Even Drax is dancing. You know the the, the whole yeah. the, the whole lot of are waiting for Drax to dance, and even Drax is dancing. Yeah. Um. It's probably important to note that Peter decides to actually go back and see his grandfather. I was yeah, I was gonna yeah, I was gonna just that's because it again it fits into the kind of the whole thing of family and found family and finding somewhere to belong. Yeah. Um. So there we go. That's the film. That it is, and then we get you know we get a nice little sort of mid credit with our new guardians, which consists yeah, which consists of Groot, Rocket, Kraglin, Adam Warlock, Cosmo, uh, 
Cosmo the dog and one of the little girls. That one remember. of the little girls, and she does have a name, and I looked it up, and I can't remember what it is now. Uh, so that's our new crew. I don't know whether this is just a nice little stinger. I don't know whether we're going to see these guys ever show up in a different film in some form. I think it wouldn't surprise me if we get a sort of Guardians version too. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, will 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 Porter's too good to have a one and done? Yeah. You know, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if there is a kind of Guardians version two. Although, you know, obviously, what is interesting and notable about this is that nowhere does it feed into the overarching MCU stuff with Kang the Conqueror that is going on at the moment. Yeah. So you know that that is of note because you know obviously that was one of the things that I was interested to see obviously with everything that's been going on with uh with your man that plays him yeah um and thankfully they didn't need to cover it because it wasn't even a part of this film so i don't don't know if at some point this was expected to be released slightly earlier in the schedule i don't know but it, it, it it, it 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 clearly it was one that was done sort of well actually we can fit this in anywhere because it doesn't lead into the overarching stuff with Kang. Yeah. Our second post credit scene is just uh, Star Lord sat down having some cereal with it with his granddad, um, and you can see on the newspaper which is a nice little Easter egg is Kevin Bacon abducted by aliens. He tells all, which is a nice yeah. little reference there to a nice. holiday special. Um, and uh, then a screen flashes white with the text: "The legendary Star Lord will return." So we know that Chris Pratt's coming back. He's the yeah. only, he's the only one that we know is coming back. But now, quite question that, that's probably, and, and actually. Simply because of the sheer randomness and inconsequentialness of it, that's actually probably my second favourite MCU post-credit screen after Spider-Man Homecoming. We're sort of literally just Captain America giving a lecture about how sometimes you wait for something and it's pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um... John, so obviously we know that Chris Pratt's going to come back as Star-Lord. That's been confirmed to us. Who? So you said that you think there might be another Guardians thing? Because... It, I mean, it wouldn't surprise you. I mean, they've set this up for us to have, like, a, a Guardians 2.0. Yeah. You know, which would be a completely different entity. It's been made very clear that this is a trilogy, and this was the last film in a trilogy. But there's absolutely no reason why down the line at some point, they wouldn't do a Guardians 2.0 with Rocket and Groot and all of your crew as are at the end of this. So with Adam Warlock and Kraglin, etc. Um, yeah. I so, see so, so no reason why they wouldn't do that. I mean, if this film does well, which I think everybody expects it to, because although Ant-Man didn't do as well as people had hoped, Let's face it, that was Ant-Man and this is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, so I, I think if this does as well as people expect it to, then I, I certainly wouldn't rule out 
down the line having something with Guardians 2.0. Although, you know, although Mantis has gone off to do her own thing, there was absolutely no indication that that was permanent. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, Drax and Nebula are still on Nowhere, so were they to do another film, you could see a cameo, cameo from them quite easily. Yeah. So I, I think it's... Yeah, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part. I don't know. And I, and it won't happen for years if it does. But I just think that it's been set up that at some point we could get Guardians 2.0. Yeah, I think the only person we're, not, we're never going to see again is Zoe Zaldana's Gamora. Uh, mainly because I think she said that she's done. And I think... Yeah, and you I know, think... that she got... She got her ending, didn't she? So there's, there's yeah, drew a line under that, you know. Like you say, I think they've opened the door for Karen Gillan and Dave Batista to come back if they if they if they can get them, and I'm sure a lot of them will come back for the Avengers Kang Dynasty and the Secret Wars stuff yeah. because yeah. you always get your notable characters and your fan favorites come back for that because yeah, and it's you know it's pretty it's pretty clear that Star Lord will be back. I cannot. I cannot envisage them having a team up without Groot and Rocket. Yeah, because they're money. You know, they're very big fan favourites. Everybody loves Groot. Everybody loves Rocket. Yeah. And ain't no way that they're not going to be brought back into it somehow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's But yeah, I mean, this... From the minute that this film started and... You hear the opening bars of Radiohead's acoustic version of Creep. I just knew that this was made for me and it was my film and I I and I was here for it. Yeah. And it, it never let me down at any point throughout. Yeah. Um I have to say the same thing. I think from the beginning to the end, there was never a moment of Yeah. There was never a bad moment in this film. It was pretty yeah, basically Nothing else in the MCU franchise can skip from pathos to fear to humour. Yeah. Quite so readily, quite so quickly, quite so seamlessly. Yeah. As the Guardians films do. And I think probably because it's the boldest and the bravest that they've done, I think this probably is the best film of the trilogy. Yes, because actually, it does. It tries to be more than just a kind of action space romp, and it succeeds in that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would agree. I have to say that I think this is the best Guardians film. Uh, I've said I've we've I've only seen it once. I might need to see it again to double check that. Um, you know, I I've I'm fairly sure because I loved it so much the first time that on the second time, yeah, it won't let me down. Um, and it's and, and you know that's not just because it's the only one that's got a fuck in there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's because it's the first time we've had a fuck in, a, in an MCU film. I'm just waiting for the I'm waiting for the for the for the C word now. It, it, it never happened. It never happened. But wishful thinking. Like even even if you use it once, very much in context, it's a guaranteed fifteen. Maybe Deadpool will use it as our. I mean, I mean we would, we would all. I mean, don't get me wrong. We would all love to see me join the MCU and just call somebody a cunt. Yeah, but 
it's 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 not going to happen. Maybe Deadpool can can drop one in, in his R-rated third like film. It. Yeah, that work. Deadpool can do it. That'd be nice. That, that that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I mean that's the whole reason that Deadpool hasn't been part of the MCU, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not long now, though. It's not long. It's not long. Yeah, I. I don't. I mean, even Deadpool's never said can, has he? I don't think so. Not yet. No, um, no. It's... Get get on it, Ryan. A lot of fucks. There's a lot of fucks. Right, right, Ryan. You've been in Wales a long time now. Surely it's got influence the script a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's a lot of fucks about, isn't it? Never seen a can. We can only hope. Right, I'm going to ask you some difficult questions now. Can you uh, pop in order from one to three your Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy in terms of quality, please? In terms of quality? Um, yep. Oh, it's reverse, um, probably reverse order. So number three top, number two second, and number one third. Uh, same for me. Um, the, the more difficult question: Can you put in order the Guardians of the Galaxy or some mixes in your order of preference of tunage? Which has the better song? You're a big music man, so I thought I'd ask you this question. I mean, there's only one that's got Florence and the Machine and Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's top again. It's top again. Um. Maybe for maybe maybe three one two this time. Maybe three one two this. Time. I do like the originals and mix. So, but you know, again, they're all strong. They're all bangers. But I think, yeah, maybe three one two this time. I'd go two three one. I think. Okay. I really like the second one. You got Mister Blue Sky. I'm a big fan of uh, Brandy. You're a fine girl. Do you, do you, do you, is this because you know a girl called Brandy somewhere? Like, I don't know. I don't know a girl yeah, called Brandy. Actually, Brandy, you're a fine girl. I know. Hello there. Love <laughs> well done. Oh God. Um. No, I don't know one called Brandy. I think it's. I think it's a tune. Southern Night. That's a bop. Actually, um, I, yeah, I forgot that was on there. That's good. Um. Do like a bit of Glen Campbell. Yeah, it's just obviously uh, there's just so many flashlight, flashlight. Um, you know, just uh, all of, all I mean, all but, of the great. But then you know, the, the volume one's got hooked on a feeling. Ooh, gosh, go, 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 gosh, go. Yeah, but there we go, guys. That's our review of Going to the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, that's it for us here today, guys. Uh, you can follow John. At John Boy underscore Cook on Twitter for some fun, for some delightful tweets. You can follow me on Twitter, Alex King underscore Dom. You can click the link tree in the description if you want to get more timeless podcasts stuff. All the links to Spotify, Apple, it's all down there in the description box for you. Exclusive, uh, you exclusive news. No, that's not there. That's false advertising, John. Why, why did you ask me to send them to you then? Uh, it was for a different purpose. Um, but um, anyway, uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's on the on the uh, on the screen for you now, and we'll see you guys all very soon. Hopefully, take care. Bye bye. Hopefully, it will be soon. Yeah, you need to get your ass into gear. Yeah, is there not? A, you know, don't see. Uh, there we go. You know, God bless. Don't have nightmares. Do sleep well. I'm a creep. I'm a widow.
What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here.